The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Dr. Coleman Gallagher from the UCD School of Geography, the planetary geomorphologist, is back with me uh, this week to talk about CMB. What is CMB? What is that an acronym for before we describe what it is? That's an acronym for the Cosmic Microwave Background. And then you put radiation after that normally. So it's called the Cosmic Microwave Background Radiation. So what is CMB radiation? So CMB radiation is uh, is a radiation at microwave wavelengths. Um, I suppose the best way to explain it is that in the early universe, there was a period of incredibly rapid inflation. Um, the unit are, and, and the numbers are both tiny and huge here. So between 10 to the minus 36th of a second and 10 to the minus 32nd of a second, they, they are numbers with, for example, a decimal point, 35 zeros, and then a one. So inf- <laughs> yeah. infinitesimally small numbers. The universe grew by something on the order of 20 orders of magnitude. Wow. Um, I mean, it's just incredible inflation in that tiny amount of time. It still made the universe tiny, but it grew from something smaller than the size of a proton into something the size of an atom or larger. Um, The the universe at that time was full of quantum fluctuations. So these quantum fluctuations are by their nature unpredictable. They're probabilistic. And it meant that the as the universe expanded by 20 orders of magnitude, so did those quantum fluctuations. When that period stopped, the universe coasted. And it's been coasting ever since. We're in that coasting right now. Um, but it coasted to, obviously, to the size of the present universe. Mm. But it meant that those quantum fluctuations expanded as the universe expanded. And they were what uh, distributed matter and energy across the universe. So it's an incredible um, epoch in the universe. The The universe at that time was a an opaque plasma in which matter and radiation were coupled. I mean, it's, it's, it's also incredible to contemplate that. It means yeah. that, that light and matter, light and protons and electrons were one. And in fact, the, the light couldn't travel by itself without bumping into a proton or an electron. So the universe was opaque to light. Um, as things progressed and after, uh, the theory suggests, after about 80 million years, um, as the universe expanded in this coasting mode, uh, the greater volume of the universe leads to a reduction in temperature because you've got a larger volume but the same number of molecules. Mm. And so therefore, the temperature is lower. Temperature is just a, a measure of the total sort of atomic or molecular movement in a volume of, of, of space or of gas or whatever. Mm. So as, as the universe expands, it cools down. So by 80 million years after the Big Bang, after time zero, if you like, the temperature had fallen from something on the order of 10 to the power of 40 or 50. In other words, that's, that's a one followed by 50 zeros. Degrees, <laughs> crazy. Okay, to three thousand degrees. Okay, cool. Still, still, still pretty hot. Um, They're still pretty hot. Yeah, but yeah. a lot cooler than uh, ten to the power of fifty. Yeah. So, what, what then is the relationship between cosmic microwave background radiation and everything you've just told me, and yep. what we know about those early days? It's kind of a, a beautiful thing. Um, when the universe hit 3,000 degrees, suddenly uh, light decoupled from matter. 
and the universe became transparent. Uh, light started to travel through the universe as independent, free, liberated photons of energy. And it, it represents the first time that light could do that. And that is where the cosmic microwave background was created. When it was created, it was short wavelength radiation. It was pretty short wavelength visible light. Mm. In fact, at the time of, of liberation, at the time of decoupling, the color of the universe was orange because of its temperature in the same way that molten iron changes from white hot through to uh, yellow, then orange, mm. then red hot as it cools. So at 3,000 degrees, uh, 3, degrees uh, Celsius, it doesn't matter, it's 3,000 Kelvin, the color of what's called a black body is orange. So the universe was orange. But over the uh, uh, last 13.3 billion years, since that 380,000-year liberation of light, the universe has expanded by 1,100 times, and therefore that orange light has been redshifted into something that we can't see, into the microwave region of the spectrum. We can't see it, but satellites can measure it. In fact, um, when it was discovered in 1964, it was found, it was discovered by mistake, but it was suddenly uh, understood what all that kind of snow on television sets was. About 10% of it was the cosmic microwave background radiation that was being picked up by television sets. That's incredible. So so it, it's kind of a fossil. It's a fossil, yeah. Of that moment that light decoupled from matter. Precisely, absolutely. That's a beautiful, beautiful way of putting it. So th- those observations that we can make, whether you're using a satellite or you're looking at the static on your television, yeah. um, can you... Or how accurately did they predict where we are now in terms of universe temperature? Yeah. So the, the temperature, the satellites can measure the temperature variations across the sky in the microwave part of the, of the mm. spectrum. So the, uh, the frequency or the wavelength of, of, of light will correspond to a particular temperature, just like the orange light corresponded to 3000 Kelvin. Um, the position of that light now in the microwave part of the spectrum gives us a temperature, an average temperature of the universe of 2.7 Kelvin. That's 2.7 degrees Celsius above absolute zero. Absolute zero meaning that uh, the atoms in the universe no longer have any energy. They're, they're doing nothing at all. So it's an incredibly, it's the coldest temperature possible. And the average temperature of the universe is only 2.7 degrees Celsius above that temperature. So what does this CMB radiation tell us about the composition of the universe and the trajectory of it and yeah. the fate of the universe? And how does it tell us those things? Okay, if, if we could see in the microwave mm. part of the spectrum and we were to look out on a, on a beautiful clear night, what we would see in the sky would be clouds but they'd be off in the universe. We'd be looking at the backdrop of the universe. And those clouds would have an average temperature, but in fact, they would vary from that average. They would vary by only one one-hundred-thousandth of a degree. But if our eyes were sensitive enough and we could see that part of the spectrum, we could see them. Mm. We would also see that the size of those clouds would be about one angular degree. That's two full moons in width. Okay. So they they'd be they'd be visible if yeah. we could if we could see in that part of the spectrum. Those um, two full moon width clouds 
represent areas in the universe 380,000 years after the Big Bang that were, for example, um, very hot, expanding because they were very hot, to become very cold. And that would produce a cold spot on the sky. Okay. Alternatively, a cold spot on the sky that, um, because it was cold, lost energy and then fell back to become a denser spot would create a hot spot on the sky. Mm. And in fact, the uh, when you put all the numbers together, it's possible to predict how large those spots should be, given that they went from low temperature to high once without coming back to low or high temperature to low without coming back to high. And in fact, um, it turns out that those one degree spots should be half a million light years across. And in fact, satellites can measure the size of those spots and they can also measure objects which are either half a million light years across or separated by half a million light years. And it turns out that the spots, when they're overlaid on those uh, objects or separations, fit exactly. And is CMB radiation the only type of kind of background radiation that we know about or that we can detect? Are there other types? There are other types, or at least two other types. Um, The first other type is called the cosmic uh, gravitational wave background or the cosmological gravitational wave background, I prefer. Um, That is a, uh, a background caused by all of these quantum effects in the plasma Mm. uh, in which the light couldn't propagate, but it was full of these cosmic fluctuations. Uh, It also is caused by events after that, when the the universe had had cleared, but when the universe was still very young. Um, the, 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 The things that produce the cosmological gravitational wave background, therefore, are fundamental things in the evolution of the universe. One of them, for example, is a thing called a cosmic string. It's hypothesized that the early universe was full of these discontinuities um, called cosmological strings. Basically, these one-dimensional strings where the fabric of space-time breaks down. Mm. And those strings can be kinked. The theory is that every now and again, they unkink and they kind of are like a whip. They release energy incredibly rapidly and huge amounts of energy at at that So some of these uh, cosmological gravitational waves could be created by those uh, cosmic strings. They haven't been observed yet, but that's the theory. Um, Other ones could be caused by the uh, merger of super, super massive black holes. These things would be black holes with uh, a mass of billions of solar masses, as opposed to to hundreds of millions of solar masses, which we see now in the universe. So these Mm. would be absolutely monstrous black holes. Their mergers uh, would uh, release gravitational waves. They would spiral into each other, and and as they spiral in, they would release gravitational energy, and that gravitational energy would propagate across the universe. A signal has been found recently in January of this year using a thing called the Pulsar Timing Array. Mm. This is... uh, the measurement of the rotation speed at the moment of 47 pulsars. Okay. These things rotate at uh, up to 600 times a second and they rotate so regularly and they produce radio waves that that sweep across the Earth at that rotation that in fact uh, they can be timed to a million millionth of a second 
over the course of several years are far more accurate timekeepers than atomic clocks. Okay. If you look at the pulsations of all 47 of them, Mm. uh, if a cosmological gravitational wave passes through the universe, it will first of all make one pulsar be a little earlier or be a little later. Then as it moves on, at the speed of light, it'll make another pulsar do the same. And eventually all 47 of those timekeepers will experience a little adjustment in their spin rates and then go back to to normal as the gravitational wave, as the cosmological gravitational wave passes by. And so uh, the scale of these cosmological gravitational waves, their wavelengths, it's about, they're about the scale of the, of the solar system or bigger. And that's the reason they, we need so many pulsars to measure them. That has been detected. And so it looks as if we're, we've been detecting or we have just detected um, the first cosmological size events, either mergers of these humongous black mm. holes or maybe even something back further in time when the universe was still operating on at quantum scales. All right. Even earlier fossils in even, layman's Even terms. earlier fossils, absolutely. Uh, Coleman, listen, fascinating as always and I look forward already to next week's uh, reappearance here on The Hard Shoulder. Dr. Coleman Gallagher uh, from UCD School of Geographer, Geography. He's a planetary geomorphologist. At the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.